Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today, I'm excited to have a really good friend of mine on the show, uh, someone who is not only one of the top agents in the U.S., but truly is such an inspiration and a great, great mentor. Uh, Ricardo Rodriguez is the former NAREP number one agent in the country and was named Best of the Best by Boston Magazine. Ricardo, welcome to the show, brother. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. It's always fun to see you and to uh, and to speak with you. It's always fun. I know, no, always, always so much fun with you. <laughs> well, Ricardo, listen, I know you now uh, a few years, and your story is so inspirational, and I'm excited to get into it. But before we do so, you know this um, this podcast is really global in nature, and everyone loves to hear about the different markets of those people that I interview in Boston is such an interesting market because it's very international. And yeah. just for the listeners, can you give somebody an overview on just the Boston market as it is now? So the, the Boston market traditionally is a very stable market. Uh, certainly we are under completely uncharted territories right now with what is happening. But even when we looked at you know, the recession and the last downturn of the, of the real estate market, Boston was able to really kind of like level itself up. And it has to do, to, to, it has to do a lot, actually, not to some extent, but a lot with its uh, limitation in terms of um, availability of land and then height as far as new construction is concerned. So we have historically very level, very control or low levels of inventory in relationship to other markets of similar size or other, you know, uh, top markets around the country or even around the world. Um, as of this, you know, past quarter, we have seen a really record-breaking uh, first quarter for 2020. That seems to be actually the story uh, almost in every single market. Like if I was to compare, you know, this first quarter uh, with last, with the same quarter last year, we were in terms of total volume sold, we were at almost a full $250 million ahead from last year. In terms of uh, the luxury market, we had as almost as many transactions over that $5, $10 million price point. But this year, it, we went from last year, the top transaction being around $10 million to this year being around $28 million. And so we were really looking at a, at a, at a very, very good spring market for us here in boston the spring market is really our primary market that's where we do i would say maybe 75 percent of our of our transactions and then the remaining are part of the of the fall market we tend to quiet down a lot during the summer and certainly we tend to quiet down during the very core of the holidays and the beginning of 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 the winter but um you know we've seen a level of inventory that remains pretty constant we have you know it's almost as many units on market uh, at this point as we did last year at the same date, where we have seen, of course, a reduction. Uh, it's in the number of units that are going under agreement. For example, in March of last year, we had under agreement somewhere around 580 units. Uh, this year around this time, we're looking somewhere around 60 to 70 units. So there has been um, a reduction of the on the number of units that are that are being put under contract. And however, we still are very active. We have, at least with my team, we have moved uh, 
completely virtual in terms of, of access to, to showings and conversations with prospective uh, buyers. And we have a lot of activity. We have constant appointments on some of those listings that we have available. And also we have some of our buyers also going in that direction of scheduling with us all of these virtual tours with, with available properties. And so we are uh, kind of like transitioning into, into, into the currently available tools in order to, to continue, you know, the transactions going. But so it's, it's like the, it's the new normal, isn't it? With sort of these virtual deliverables and, you know, I'm just curious about the Boston market. Is it a real domestic market or do you see a lot of foreign buyers coming into your market? So Boston is a very international market. Remember that we have, you know, a very, very high number of colleges in the area, I believe. And please don't quote me on this one, but we are, not, you know, we have the highest per capita uh, of colleges in, in the world or at least in the United States. And so, so we are really, in a regular basis, we have a high influx of foreign, uh, foreign buyers, primarily because of the schools. And then we do have a very strong uh, relationship to Europe, in particular, in particular England. Uh, Boston's industries are very like, specific. Obviously, academia is one of them. Uh, the, the biomedical sector is also one of those traditional uh, uh, economies in the city as well as banking in the past few years we have seen um, new new kind of like economies coming in particularly around tech-based uh, industries and also the film industry so in the past few years we have seen more buyers coming domestically particularly from the west coast san francisco and la but i would say or or kind of like a our, our primary sister markets are those, uh, and they also include New York and in South Florida. But yes, but we have a very, very strong uh, influx of foreign foreign uh, buyers in the market. And it's such a beautiful city. And you know, every time that I come to visit you and Michael, I get to see it through your eyes. So it's always a great, great uh, city yeah. to come and visit. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It really is a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ricardo, you know, we've been friends now a few years, but I don't think I really know the story of how you got started in the industry. Can you share that with the listeners? Oh, my God, that long story? I would tell yeah. you. <laughs> how much did <laughs> that? The podcast is only an hour, so make it short. <laughs> so I guess I cannot tell you the whole story. <laughs> so um, I, I actually started in real estate by... By chance, I had a, I have a friend uh, who used to be a VP with Cobalt Banker, and for many years, whenever he would see me, he would be like, "You need to, you need to do real estate. You need to do real estate." And I was like, "No, no, no, no way!" You know, I had a, to be honest, my my experiences with with real estate had not been the best, and so I had a very biased kind of like perception of of the business, and and say, so, and then um, eventually he he got to me, and he and he pretty much pushed me to to take the, you know, the class for the license and, and that really piqued my interest. And, and because he had a relationship with Cole Banker, I, I, I landed in Cole Banker, which has been my home ever since. I've been in the business now for over 15 years, 15, 16 years at this point. And, and I got to tell you, it was, it was really love at first sight. It was just one of those industries in which I truly found myself. He was right. There was just something very there was something that fit with me very organically and that and I got to tell you, it's a, it is a, it's a beautiful industry, I think, because I do, I think it is really, it's one of those industries that is the most egalitarian of all of them. I think that 
everyone who joins it has an opportunity if they build the business right. But, you know, sometimes when you do showings and you're like, how did that person get that listing, right? It has to do with that. There is a space for everybody in the business if that person does the business well. And, and for me, in the way in which I've been able to kind of like build my business, I cannot imagine that I will be able to, to do what I'm doing right now or to do it at the level in which I'm doing it right now if I was in a different, in a different industry. So I'm very, very thankful and grateful that I found, uh, that I found real estate. But that's really, it wasn't a long story, but that's really how it started. It was really a friend kind of like pushing me to do it, but it was really, it really was love at first sight. Okay, so, you know, you get to Boston almost 20 years ago and, you know, you you got here from Colombia. And so what drove you to think that you could really conquer like this white bread sort of, uh, you know, inclusive story and succeed in the way that you had? Is it just like, you didn't know that it was like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, you're, you're, you're taking me there. So let, let, let me tell you a little bit about kind of like my story. Uh, I, I, I moved to, to the United States in the early 90s directly uh, to Boston. I, my, my story, and I always say this, my story is just the, is the classic, you know, the quintessential immigrant story. I came here with big dreams. I had 25 bucks in my pocket. I spoke no English. But what I found was a community and people within that community that were willing and able and, and delighted to kind of like give somebody an opportunity. I, I don't know if you heard, I don't think you've heard this story, Michael. My first job was at a, at a bike shop as I came here. And, uh, and then years later, I realized that, that this woman had no business giving me a, a, a job at a bike shop because I, have no, I, am, I spoke no English. And then second, I didn't know anything about bicycles, but I know that she did it because she wanted to give me an opportunity. And, and, and so, so the way that I see real estate, you know, from, from that perspective, at least as I continue to grow on, on my business, is that, that real estate for me is an opportunity to give back. It's an opportunity to give back the same way in which I was given so much. I feel like it's my responsibility to give back to those that work with me or, or those that are you know, part of my, my circle of, of colleagues, to my community, um, to my clients. And so uh, for me, it's just been a way of giving back to a city that has provided me a lot, that gave me a lot of opportunities that opened its, its, uh, its arms to me. And, and the way that I, that I really decided to engage in my real estate uh, career, my business was really in a very organic manner. I, I, I say this again a lot to anybody who asks. I think that the way to approach this business is really in an organic and authentic manner. Those people that, that if you look at every single top producer around the world, this, regardless of which market they're in, the one thing that is a common denominator is that they're authentic and that they're real and that they are uh, and that they are organic in the way in which they do their business. And so, so when I started to do this business, I realized that as much as, that as, much as to some people, my own self was a detriment to be building that business, to me, that was going to be my biggest asset. I, I, I was, and I still am the biggest asset to my business. And my skin color and my accent and my, you know, and all the little things that made me who I am are the assets to my business. And so I've been, you know, 
what I have worked really hard is at articulating that from within that business, uh, that business infrastructure and that business structure, right? There is some rigidity to it, but again, there is opportunity in real estate and there is opportunity for people like myself to build something that is unique and is special and is different. And I think that there are people who really connect with that. They not only connect with the hard work, but they connect with the authenticity and the creativity and the, and the thinking outside the box, uh, you know, uh, point of view. I, you know, you've, I think I, I told you the story, uh, Michael, and as you know, you know, a good percentage of my business is new construction. Most of what I do is new construction. And, and the way, the reason why I ended up with that is because I asked myself the question as to what, you know, what, what was it that made me happy? And, and, and I love design and I love architecture, most likely under different circumstances and opportunities. Uh, I would have been, you know, an architect or something like that. And so uh, I, I did my environmental scan of real estate and I figured, okay, where, where does, where do those things that I love land within the spectrum of how do we practice real estate? And it was new construction. And so I looked at the people who were doing it, which by the way, are the same people that are doing it now. It's just been a, you know, a couple of addition of us that are, you know, that have a, a you know, kind of like a stronghold on that, on that market uh, segment. And I realized that I had the opportunity of, of bringing that love for design and for architecture into my business and that that was going to be my value proposition. And so I contacted every developer that I could get a hold of. I set up as many meetings as I could. I could tell you that I got laughed out of many of those meetings. I got the, you know, the, the weird eye, like what is this guy doing here? But it took one person, which by the, their names are uh, David and Dennis, New Boston Ventures. They gave me my first opportunity. They're still my, my, my top client in more ways, more ways up, than one. We have grown together. Uh, we have grown together in the business and, and every opportunity that I have been given to me has been a stepping stone into how do I build something that is bigger, better, that looks like myself and that is authentic as to the things that I like, the way that I am, and as to how I see this business happening. So I just gave you the longest answer most likely you've heard from anybody. <laughs> I don't even know if I took a breath when I was <laughs> that was that was really impressive actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You are nothing if not authentic, and that is what uh, what really makes you really special. And I think that that is amazing. And it was a really great answer of really that humility with which you built your business. And you know, obviously, you've been at this now for a while, and you had success when you came into the industry. Now I know that you also have a great team. Yeah. At what point in your career did you just turn around and figure, you know, I can't do this on my own. I'm growing too large. I need to bring other people in. And once you did that, how did you do that to remain and intact with what your culture was? And as you said, that authenticity. So there were two points for me when, when it came to the team. One of them had to do with capacity, right? I realized that, that, that I that there were a lot of people that wanted to work with me, uh, uh, both on, on general brokerage, right? And, you know, just individual sellers and buyers, but also in terms of the new construction projects. And then I realized that it was something that I could not do, that I could not do alone uh, just by myself. Not even, I, you know, prior to having the team, I had this, this model in which I will hire these agents uh, in an ad hoc kind of like basis to work with me on the projects. And so, what I realized with that is that the part 
yeah, they will be very helpful as of operational agents and they were great, great agents, so no complaints about them. But what I didn't have was a culture to, to build. And, and these clients were coming to me not because, also because, I, you know, obviously because I could sell, but also because they like me and the way in which I conducted the business. And so the, te- the team, the idea of building this team, and it started with one key person, which took me a while to find Josh, whom I, I love to death. He's my, my, well, I was going to say my brother. He's more my son. But, but you know, uh, <laughs> but, but, um, but it started with this very, uh, with very, very deliberate decision, not only to increase my capacity and ability to do my job, but also to build a culture that would allow that allow my, you know, those things that are, that, were, that are innate to me and that are organic to me to continue to grow and to continue to thrive. And so, so it's slowly I've been finding this incredible agents, like really, really smart, dedicated agents. And, and it already has contributed to the culture that we have at this point. But what I have done from my end is just make sure that I have an infrastructure that that not only allows me to continue to grow my business in terms of numbers, but also my business in terms of impact and how we do the business and the way in which we approach the business. So, you know, on staying on culture for a moment, I actually, I actually did a little bit of research on you also, Ricardo. What did you find? And, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, no, it's all good. And I listened to your promotional reel. And you were really talking about three principles that you try to instill in your team and how you operate your business. And that's integrity, professionalism, and results. I want you to tell me what each one of those things mean for you. Yeah. Well, in, in integrity, you know, we can look at it from that, you know, like the kind of like dictionary definition of those three, integrity, professionalism, and results. I, I, those are, to me, three principles. They're like the three, the three pillars of my business. At, at really, at face value, to me, it's more about my application of those three principles. To me, it's about, going back to this uh, notion of culture, is just to build a culture around my business in which I am responsible for those three things, that integrity, that professionalism, and that results at many different levels towards my colleagues to start with. Yeah, I, get, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm proud of, of building a really, really good culture with colleagues from competing companies, uh, from competing interests. To me, that is really important because that's the way in which I can really continue to grow my clients' business. Uh, so that is one towards, towards my colleagues. Obviously, towards my clients, you know, we're going to give more than a thousand percent for my clients when it comes to those three principles. And then the last uh, element is towards the community. I really do feel that as real estate people, as a real estate industry, we have a huge responsibility for making sure that we have a strong, healthy, active community because we cannot operate well, our business cannot grow if the community is not well, if the community is not taken care of. And so, for example, in situations like what we are right now, yeah, all of this stuff of talking about technology and all these things, how we're going to do the business, all those things are really, really, really cute and fun and, and most likely we'll be able to articulate them very well. But we need to start talking about how we are going to help build community. 
Because unless the community is in a good place, we don't have a business. We don't have a client base. We don't have anything, any, you know, anywhere to go. And so to me, those three principles are important because what I want to, my, my objective with those three principles ultimately, ultimately is to create trust. Trust mm. from my colleagues, trust from my, you know, you know, from my clients, and then trust from my community. And it's all about that, it's trust. I think without trust, I, I know that my own business would not exist without trust, without the trust of those three stakeholders. You know, it's interesting. It's uh, the idea of that uh, key principle of trust, but I also thought it was really interesting of how you started that with talking about your colleagues and your competitors. And I think that it's such an organic way to think of the business. There really isn't a, you know, when I was selling real estate, I didn't think of them as my competitors, but really my contemporaries. And we're all in the same industry. And, you know, the inventory is finite. And if I didn't have the listing, one of my other colleagues did, and you became friends because you worked in the same capacity. And so I think that a lot of people don't have that viewpoint and it's very limiting. So it was really wonderful to hear you start in that manner, which talks a lot about your success as well. Yeah, you know, we're only in this business, we're only, uh, when it comes to our own little business, right? We're only as good as our last transaction to some extent. That's right. I sound right now like, you know, like a project wrong way, you know, ad or something. But, you know, in, in fashion, one day you're in, one day you're out. I think it's something. <laughs> You've been watching a lot of reality TV, huh? <laughs> you see that. <laughs> but I think there is something to it. We are only as good as our last transaction. I know that in, in my new construction business, right? If, 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 if I don't completely sell that, bis- that building, right? Most likely I'm not going to be able to get the next one, you know? And so, so every transaction, every time that, that a client is happy, that means I am getting more business. The moment in which I messed up for whatever reason, that is going to stop my ability to get more business or in, let's say my associates in my own team, every time that one of them doesn't do the right thing, it affects all of us. And so, so, so we are that interrelated. And so, so I see it with my, my colleagues in general. I am happy when somebody has an incredible, crazy, you know, sell, because that means if they could sell that, I can too, you know, there's a new market for it. But I'm equally upset when one of them, that's something that, you know, that really puts in, into question our profession because it affects us, because we are, we are so interrelated, you know, our markets are so small, we, we work with each other so, so closely. And so to me, to be the most ethical and the, the most, you know, uh, yeah, the most ethical and, and the most uh, empathetic and, and, and the best colleague that I can be to my, to my brethren, right? It's, it's one of the most important things um, to do. So tell me, how do you inspire your team? I scream at them. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's a good. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I do think. Um, again, I, I I should ask them how I inspire them. I think I think that uh, I live by example. You know, I I I had very high expectations from my team, like really really high expectations, because I know 
how good they are. They might not know it. You know, they're all younger. And, you know, when you're younger, you have other competing interests in your head. And I think most, most of them, uh, if not all of them, to some extent don't realize, and they're not there in their lives, right? They don't realize how actually good they are and what kind of like potential they have. Uh, and so to me, it's about living by, by example. The reason why I can ask somebody to go the extra mile is because I go the extra mile. And so if there mm. is a way for me to inspire them is through that. It's through my, through my own actions and through, through the way in which I do my, you know, do my business. The way in which I conduct my business, I hope is the best inspiration for them. I love that. So, you know, I started your introduction by saying that you were uh, the number one agent at NAREP, which is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, for those that, not, uh, that don't know the organization. And you're obviously a great leader, not only in our industry, but obviously in the Latino community especially. And, you know, your story is incredibly inspiring. And you were just talking about your team right now and how you help to inspire them and mentor them, really. And yeah. I wanted to ask you about mentorship. How important is mentorship for you, not only in your team, but in the community and the industry? Because I know that you do a lot of it. So tell yeah. me about the mentorship that you do. Well, it, mentorship is paramount. Mentorship, it really is. It's really how you help somebody grow and overcome some of those personal barriers that we, are, that we all have. You know, it's, it's, yep. really, it's really helping somebody it's not teaching people how to do something, but it's really pointing different ways of doing something to that person, right? It's, it's inspiring. It's really about inspiring people to look at their, in the case of real estate, to look at their business through a completely different lens. Uh, and I, I try to get involved into, into this as much as possible. I, 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 I can tell you that I, unless I have a, a time constraint, which it happens, of course, I really, when somebody asks me to speak to a group or to a person or to meet with an agent, uh, when somebody emails me saying, hey, can I grab a coffee? I want to ask you a question. I am, I am, I oblige because I do think uh, not only, not only it makes me personally reflective of what I am doing. And so I kind of like, I do this introspective learning as I am trying to work with somebody or, or help somebody. It makes me also you know, learn from my own experience. So this is kind of like self knowledge, but it also allows me to learn from this, from everyone's uh, experiences. And it allows me to really, uh, to really figure out ways of, of bettering myself, bettering my business and then bettering uh, my community. And I know this is something that you, that you do, Michael, you're, you know, if somebody could answer this question is you, you know, you, you, you cannot be, be more generous with your time and with your expertise. I know from my own experience, you know, you, you're a mentor to me. And so, so it is, it is really, I think it is really important. I, I think also as a, as a Latino agent, I also think that it is, that it is particularly important to, to go out there and talk about our experience as, yeah. as Latino people in in this market it's also you know to those audiences that are that are not latino uh, because i think that we have obviously a very specific experience as to how we interact with this business and it's also really important to talk to 
other uh, Latino agents, uh, Latino you know, real estate practitioners, because sometimes culturally and societally, we are given this, this arbitrary limitations as to how far we can go, right? And what things you can do and how far, how far your accent can take you, you know, and how far your, where, where you come from can take you. And I think that, in my opinion, there is not such thing that there is no limitation the only limitation it's it's you and 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 your creativity and your and your planning and your and your ability to to you know to 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 put into into play all those big plans and all that big vision and so i think it's important that other people uh, can hear that you know whether they take it at heart or they don't do anything with it i think it's important just to have that conversation that that there is no that there is no limit to what we can do, you know? And, you know, and that's so important. And first of all, thank you for the kind words and always your support of my efforts as well. And I think it's so important for, uh, for as, you're, as you're saying, those in the Latino community who do have a stigma, and, and many of us were raised with that stigma of, you know, you can do good, just not too good. And it's always that thing of, no, 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 that's crazy. Let's break that stereotype and let's break that record. And, you know, it's something where, you know, I speak extensively on that. And, you know, you have been so wonderful in, in that regard also, because I think it is a stigma that has to be broken. It's a stigma that uh, that, that sense of limitation is something that is societal or, or, or ethnic oriented in a way that we were raised, uh, but it's, 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 it's garbage. <laughs> See, my God, I, you know, I cannot tell you, it comes from both ends, right? It, it comes to some extent culturally, right? This, this, right. this thing, and again, I'm not generalizing, but there seems to be this, you know, this value to, to being uh, humble and all the stuff that sometimes it becomes a barrier for people to look further and further than they, than they think they could be looking, right? But I also think that there is this also, also this societal limitation that I put into you. I, I could tell you a story after story of like going into a listing presentation, you know, just in the past six months, I went to a listing presentation for a $10 million home and I have done business with these people before in that two to $3 million uh, price point. And this person just, you know, up front said to me, I don't think that you can, I don't think that you can sell my home. And I was like, the only, the only reason why I cannot sell your home is because, because of who I am. And so uh, I think that we need to learn to stop kind of like apologizing for those things that we have no control over, which is who we are. And that we need to start using those elements to build a better business for ourselves, to help other people build a better business and obviously build a better life and a better community. You know, and, and it goes back to community. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it was interesting, the word humility that you used. And, you know, I think that humility and success are um, sort of, um, uh, there's no real correlation. It doesn't mean that you have to be humble so you can't be successful. It's just the opposite in my yes. head. It's the fact that humility and, and that um, coming from a sense of service for community yeah. is really what equates success i think so yeah i agree with you i don't think that they're mutually they're not mutually exclusive i think that and this applies to everyone right this regardless of who they are the moment in which you believe your own press you are out of business right because absolutely you think that you did it all and so uh, part of that humility in business is that is understanding that that this is you know 
that they, we are continuously learning and changing and growing. And it's that humility towards what we do. You know, there's, you know, Craig Hogan uh, from, from Cole Banker. I love it. He says, we, you know, we sold dirt and there is something to it, right? We, we are the humility to understanding that, yes, what we're doing is, is really important because we are, we, are, we are helping people find home, but we cannot take ourselves, you know, too, you know, too seriously to the point right. in which, you know, we, we have no connection to, to community or to colleagues or to business or to our own clients. And so, yes, you, I think that, that finding that balance and that equilibrium I think it's, it's paramount to what we do and it's paramount to grow, you know, into it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So tell me, you know, I know that you and your husband do a lot of philanthropic work. You were mentioning a little bit about the stuff that you were doing during this pandemic. And I think that it's beautiful what you were doing, but tell me a little bit about your efforts that you've been doing again, going back to community. Uh, but tell me a little bit about the efforts you've been doing, not only with the pandemic, but also culturally and other uh, aspects. I know that you were the co-chairs of the, uh, the, uh, the Commonwealth Shakespeare Gala that I went to a couple of years ago. And that was a lot of fun. So you get out there a lot. Tell me about those efforts. Yeah, so it, again, giving back is really, it's tremendously important. Again, it's part of that connection to community. We, uh, my husband, Michael and I, we have a historically uh, support organizations that, are, that, that operate around uh, the arts, uh, uh, health, and also uh, equality. And so, so we have uh, not, you know, not only kind of like donated, but also volunteer and chair galas and events for organizations like the Human Rights Campaign, like the like you mentioned, the Commonwealth Shakespeare uh, Company uh, currently, and then again we have, of course, uh, associations with you know with other organizations. Currently, we are uh, putting all of our, our effort uh, uh, as the pandemic is happening into food resources, uh, particularly the because you know it's a local effort, the, the Greater Boston Food Bank. It's so trying to to get people to donate since there are so many families that are right now in need for food. And I cannot, you know, I think outside from from home housing, you know, lack of food has to be one of the most destabilizing things in someone's life. And so we want to make sure to at least we help people in that aspect. And then in the past couple of years, I joined one of the boards at the Beth Israel uh, Hospital here in Boston. And uh, the Beth Israel uh, is home to this incredible researcher. His name is Dan, Dan Baruch, who, who is actually uh, working right now on the, on the, on the only like, phase three uh, HIV vaccine uh, that is almost there. He, like, he's almost there. And then because of all those efforts, he's very uh, immersed right now in working uh, towards uh, uh, vaccine and treatment for 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 coronavirus and so we are uh, trying to you know work with a lot of our uh, connections into helping raise some serious funds for his uh, research to continue to go and to be expedited because we obviously we obviously need it but yes but giving back it's you know it's certainly an it should be an important part of everybody's uh, life a uh, business plan and and goals i think 
I love what you are doing because it becomes such an important part going back to community. And, you know, as a side note, I was just uh, going to say that that gala was so much fun because I actually got to meet your mother and yeah. she was yeah. so, ex- what's that? She loves you. Well, it's very mutual. She offers you a drink, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> she was extraordinary. And it just shows uh, who you are because of who she is. It was amazing. She was, she's an amazing spirit. So um, she was really, it was really such a pleasure to spend time with her. Um, but uh, tell me, I want to ask you back to a serious question. What's okay. the greatest lesson you've ever learned in your career? What is the greatest lesson that I've learned and never I ever learned in my career that it I'm trying to put it into words because it actually that would be helpful because pictures yeah. don't work here because yes exactly words <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you you're welcome man here I I do think I do think that the the, the biggest lesson that I've learned in my career is that, that my, my career and my business belongs to me in the most, in the best way possible. That the moment in which I pay attention and the moment in which I compare my business with what other people are doing, the moment in which I believe too much on my own press, the moment in which I allow myself to be distracted by all these things that very easily gets you distracted, that moment I lose focus. And so that I've learned that my business is almost like, you know, you know when you practice yoga and they tell you don't look to either side and don't even look at what you did the day before because you might injure yourself. I think that there is something to it, to the practice of my business that I, I have to be present and that I have to be focused and that you look to both sides for inspiration, but you don't look to both sides for comparison because that throws you off your best game. Uh, and I've learned that there, I learned that the hard way and I've seen it with other colleagues in which you, you that propensity to that and you see their business kind of like, uh, you know, compromised by that. And so, so I learned it the hard way and, and I tried to practice that as much as possible. It's very hard, right? It's very hard not to, you know, not to feel at points that, what, you know, why I'm not here, why I'm not there. And, and so it is to, it's keeping, keeping my business within context and keeping my business in focus, I think is, and not looking to those sites as a comparison, but as an inspiration is to me the, the biggest lesson that I have learned because it keeps me focused and centered and calm, you know. Do I make sense? Yeah, well, that's actually a beautiful way to sort of describe it. It goes back to what you were talking about with your colleagues where you don't see them as competitors, but as part of your industry. So it's not, it, the only person you're competing against is yourself. Yes, really, it really is. It, yeah. And it, you know, and that's really, you know, I think that, that I thankfully learned that early on. And then it's just the idea of that's the only thing that you need to sort of get better is for what you did yesterday to today. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It really is. It really is. So I'm going to take you to my final. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying it starts and ends with you, right? Your that's business. right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. And so I'm going to take you to my final question that I ask a lot of my guests. It's only an hour. We have like another 15 minutes. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might, it might take you 15 minutes to answer. <laughs> um, what is the legacy you'd like to leave? Oh, gosh. 
that's a big question. It is, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a, talk about a humbling question. Yes. Um, I think a legacy that I would like to live is that that whatever I whatever I have I have learned and that and that I have been able to share with others matter. I love that. Right? It yeah. was 15 minutes. But it's, it's, it's really that simple. I hope that every conversation that I had with someone, that every, you know, whether it was one conversation or, 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 or you know, or my team or, or my colleagues or opportunities like this one or, or speaking at a conference, like whatever it is that I was able to, to share because I tried to share from, really from, from the heart that I hope that that, that matter somehow. That, that, that it was useful to somebody else, you know? You know, it was, um, when I first met you, I know you know we met, we were introduced by some mutual friends at a conference, yeah. and, um, and it was just, uh, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll meet him. And so it was one of those uh, things where, you know, you were just caught up in the day, and it was towards the end of the day, and, you know, you had already had already been on stage and I had already sort of, you know, met like hundreds of people and uh, meeting one other person. I was like, fine, I'll do it. And it was uh, one of the most glorious moments for me. You and I connected immediately. That five minute conversation ended up us having dinner and finding out about a lot of things that we had in common and really yeah. just a, such a beautiful friendship that grew from that. And I get such wonderful inspiration from you and you're such a wonderful mentor in our community. And I really just treasure our friendship and really just thank you for the conversation today, Ricardo. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. You know, I feel exactly the same way. Those, you, know, you didn't me want to meet me either? <laughs> <laughs> I heard about you, so I didn't know. <laughs> no, it's... it's highlight of not just my career but a highlight of my life you're uh, uh you're giving smart human being and there's uh, you know and that's what we need that's what we need you know we need smart giving caring uh, people in this world and i'm lucky i'm lucky to 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 have you as a friend i'll have you in my life and so and I, thank that, you this opportunity i i appreciate uh, you asking me to speak with you i really do you've been uh, you've been an amazing guest and a great inspiration and i thank you very much Ricardo thank and you. stay safe you too good health to you and your family continue thank you and thank you for all of you for listening this has been the global luxury real estate mastermind with me your host Michael Valdez I invite you to visit our website at www.glrem.com thank you all very much <laughs>